Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Tooth and Claw, a show where we talk about the most intense real wild animal attacks and what we can learn about how to avoid, prevent, and survive them. Today's episode is on grizzly bears. That's right, the grizz kid's taken us all back to his roots. We have a really good story this time with some really fun and likable characters. I think you're all really going to enjoy this one. But first, this episode has been brought to you by author and friend of the show, Emma Walker, and her new book, Dead Reckoning, Learning from Accidents in the Outdoor. I'll let Wes talk more about that in a second, but suffice it to say that if you enjoy this podcast, I think you're really going to like this book. Don't forget to follow us at Tooth and Claw Podcast on Instagram for a chance to win your very own copy of Emma's new book. All right, let's get to the episode. All right, so guys, we got a little bit of business to get to. Just a Ooh, little business. Uh, so a f- down to business. Yeah. So I recently was interviewed for a book that's coming out um, that kind of deals with lots of different survival situations and stuff that people kind of do wrong in the wilderness. Uh, and, and there's a lot of good tips in there and stuff to help people do the right thing in the wilderness, too. So this book is actually called Dead Reckoning, Learning from Accidents in the Outdoors. That's a good title. It is. Yeah. It's That's a 10 out of 10 title. Uh, yeah, it's a perfect title. Um, it's written by this uh, this person, Emma Walker, and it's Falcon Books that's publishing it. So I don't know if you know Falcon Books, but they do lots of like trail guides like I remember there's this uh, sporting goods store in Montana and they carry Falcon books and they have like best hot springs in the West, you know, best hikes in Glacier, best uh, hikes uh, in the cool. Beartooths. Yeah. Like they have this whole series of guidebooks, but then they also have these more informative books as well. And that's what this one is. And I read a bit of this book. I got sent a, an advanced copy because I'm quoted in it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, in this in this case, it wasn't me being an influencer. It was me being a bear biologist. But they sent me an adva- advanced copy, and there's some really good info about bears, about mountain lions, about some other critters, and then just about, like, general things that you shouldn't do in the wilderness and things you should do in the wilderness. It's a great book. Uh, again, it's by Emma Walker. It's called Dead Reckoning, Learning from Accidents in the Outdoors. Uh, it's coming out this spring sometime, uh, so I just wanted to kind of plug it. Yeah, and and it's one that's great because it's personal because I'm in it, and it's something that we're talking about. Yeah, it's super topical. Yeah. So yeah, again, it's coming out this spring. Uh, we actually Falcon is going to give us five copies to gift to some of you listeners. So at some point this spring, we're going to do a giveaway on the Instagram. Tooth and Claw podcast on Instagram. We'll be doing a giveaway. Thanks again, Emma, for including me in the book and for reaching out to us because we're happy to promote Friend it. of the show, Emma. Friend of the we show. We can call her a friend of the show, right? Yeah, Emma, Emma also, um, she thinks that we should do a pig episode at some time. So oh, wow. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> okay. So we'll see if we get to it. Anyway. All right. Sweet. Mike, I've got a question for you. I'm ready. Who do you got in the big fight? Uh, What? Godzilla and King Kong. Oh, this is the most ridiculous. I don't understand how this is a matchup at all. Godzilla's like 300 meters tall and can blast like nuclear hyperbeams out of his mouth. Okay, but in King the Kong new... is just like a big gorilla. In the reboot, King Kong's as big as Godzilla. But, okay. but I agree. I'm with you. Yeah. Jeff's... I'm a Kong head. Well, you know, Whatever. we're just going to have to wait to see. Anyway, we are back. Um, this weekend, the three of us got together with a couple other friends. We had a movie trilogy, which is something we're just doing every once in a while now, just watching a trilogy. It's like a monthly thing at this point. Yeah, almost. yeah, it's yeah. fun. We, we watched the Indiana Jones films, which we selected using a selection method that I think is pretty unique to our friendship. <laughs> We've had it for like five or six years now. Yeah, yeah, it's at least six years. So what we do... 
a lot of you out there are probably familiar with the game Super Smash Brothers. Um, why don't you guys explain it, actually, since you guys developed this whole method? Yeah, so it's Smash Brothers, but you can set the settings so that it's only computer players fighting each other. So me and Mike would be deciding where we we're going to get dinner, and we would smash for it. Like, I would choose Little Caesars, he would choose... Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese, and then we would have one that neither of us wanted. And we would assign each of those options to a different computer player in Smash Brothers and then have them fight it out to see which one won. So so for the movie marathon, we all chose a character and then had the computer fight as representing our movie our movies, And then whichever character won Naturally, those movies are what we had to watch. Mine won. I picked King K. Rule. Bad Jeff, not this Jeff, We, our other friend Jeff, we call him Bad Jeff, just to avoid confusion. He wasn't happy about Indiana Jones. No. Mm-hmm. That was weird to me. I, I feel a little bad. That seems like such a crowd pleaser. Yeah. And I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Anyway, it's, it's a really fun way to select stuff. I think we all appreciate that it's become like this sacred thing to where when it, we have to respect the outcome of whatever happens. No matter what. Yeah. Jeff I and I actually... Out have a trip to Arkansas that needs to happen sometime in the future. <laughs> Arkansas, Arkansas won a smash bet for one of our trips. Anyway, uh, it's a great way to decide things or to like have bets or pranks or whatever. You just do a smash bet. So I guess we'll just launch into our story. Uh, a little bit of background. So this is another grizzly bear story. There are so many grizzly, shark, mountain lion. There's like a few species of animal or types of animal out there that there's like so many stories about them that we're definitely going to have to kind of do multiple on those animals. We actually got a listener question today about kind of what our process is. And generally I'm doing all the research for these. And I like to find a story that has a good narrative to it, that you kind of have some background information and a little bit more information on the attack. Intrigue. Yeah. And a lot of those are four or five different animals that the majority of those are focused on. So I just want to prepare you guys, like, we are going to have some repeat animals, but I think it's great because some of those animals are the animals that we know the most about, so they're really fun to talk about. So we're doing another grizzly story today. This is a good story. This is actually one that uh, my mine and Jeff's mom recommended. Oh, go mom. Go mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's one of her favorites, and it happened up in Montana. Uh, yeah, she sent me a book with the story, but she sent it to an address I had like two years ago. Yeah, so, <laughs> so someone got a nice I book. Get, I, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm still fresh to the story. Good. I'm excited Perfect. to hear it. Yeah. So this attack involves a father and a daughter. Uh, Johan and Jenna Otter are their names. Now, as Jeff mentioned, there's a book about this attack. There's a lot of articles about it. What I used for my main source of information was a really in-depth interview they did for ABC News, this little show called In an Instant. Uh, It was like an hour and a half long, and they really went in-depth on everything that happened. So uh, Johan and Jenna, they're part of a family of four. Uh, It's the three, the, the wife, two daughters, and the dad. And in 2005, Jenna graduated from high school Uh, She had a full scholarship to go to UC Irvine. She's like really smart, really excited to kind of make this next jump in her life. But as a graduation trip and present, uh, her and her dad decided to drive throughout the Rockies with the goal being Glacier National Park, where they were going to do a a bunch of hiking. That's a cool graduation trip. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've all been to Glacier together. Me and Jeff have been to Glacier a billion times. It's kind of our park. And so 
we know that park really well. So it's really interesting reading an attack that happened there. So both Jenna and Johan are really similar in that they're both really easygoing people. They're super athletic. They love hiking and adventuring together. Um, they're also really both fascinated with wildlife. And Glacier National Park was one of their favorite places in the world. So Jenna had recently been obsessed with kind of wilderness hiking, and she really wanted to get on some trails that were a little bit less used. But they took this long drive from California up through the Rockies, and when they get to Glacier, they were staying in Many Glacier, and right outside of their hotel when they got there was a grizzly bear just kind of hanging out, eating some grass and berries and stuff. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah, and the two <laughs> of them were really excited to see that. Now, a little bit about grizzlies in Glacier. Uh, North America's home to about 58,000 grizzly bears, the majority of them living in uh, Canada and Alaska, but about 300 grizzly bears call Glacier National Park home. They're eating mostly vegetation, carrion, insects, but they will kill larger prey when they get the opportunity. So anything from like elk calves to deer. To otters. Otter, yeah, otters. Yep. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> why otters? That's their last name. It's these the... people's last name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so grizzly bears in Montana are smaller than the ones you're going to see in like coastal Alaska. They average around 500 pounds for males, about 300 pounds for females. But their weights are really variable, so they can be a lot bigger than that. We've seen some really big bears in Glacier that are definitely bigger than 500 pounds. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. Um, I'm surprised only 300 live in Glacier. Yeah, it's probably a little bit more than that. That was the last census they did or population count. It was around that. But I bet it's more. I, I mean, I think it's probably like four or 500 even. Not 500, probably closer to four. Four, yeah. And then there's that whole ecosystem called the Northern Continental Divide ecosystem. And in that ecosystem, there's more than a thousand bears. Okay. Um, so that goes down into like the Flathead Valley and up through uh, into Canada a little bit. So cubs stay with their moms about two and a half years. Bears in Montana are often more territorial than bears that you'd find in like coastal British Columbia or, or Alaska. And that's because they're not just like sitting on a salmon stream with tons of food constantly coming at them. They have to patrol a much larger area and therefore they're much more territorial, much more prone to kind of defend themselves from other bears because they're not used kind to Kind of like me. Just when I get hungrier, I'm angry, yeah. Yeah. more aggressive. Yeah, Jeff gets so real like, hangry. <laughs> find a bear that's a little hungrier, it's going to be a little more aggressive. Totally. And the fact that like in these salmon streams, they're used to being around a bunch of other bears, but these ones that aren't on salmon streams aren't used to other bears. Mm. They're not really used to other, like to and people. Probably to, less people, yeah. and exactly. just less everything. A couple other things, we've talked about this a little bit. Bears are really amazing animals. They have a bite force of 1,100 PSI. That's strong enough to crush a bowling ball. Grizzly bears have really long claws. They're extremely strong. They have that really big shoulder hump that's for digging. They're just like a really impressive, amazing animal. They can run up to 30, 35 miles hump per hour. Digging? That's why grizzlies have that shoulder hump. It's a massive muscle, and it's specifically there to help them be really Give good at digging. Give them more shoulder muscle mm-hmm. to dig? Yep. Mm, I yeah. see Anyway, Johan and Jenna had made plans to leave early the next morning to start their hike. Now, they had decided to hike to Grinnell Glacier, which is a hike that we've done like probably four or five times or even more. And then they were actually going to go over to the opposite side of the valley and do Iceberg Lake right afterward. And if I'm doing a hike to find a grizzly bear in Montana, those are my first two choices. That's what I was just about to say, like... If you are in Glacier and you want to do some hikes that aren't that hard, but you have some good chances of seeing bears, Grinnell Glacier Trail and Iceberg Trail are two of the best. 
So they decided to leave pretty early. Jenna wanted to leave like at nine because she had read that business hours are like the best time to avoid bears, which is very true. Her dad, Johan, wanted to leave really early. And bears are crepuscular, which means they're really active in the morning and the evening. So if you do go out really early or if you go out in the afternoon, you have a higher chance of seeing a bear. Um, and she kind of wanted to avoid that time. So they negotiated, and finally they agreed on leaving at 7.30. Johan really wanted to be the first people on the trail, which is another really great way to see a bear is if you're the first one or the last one on the trail. I uh, would be on Johan's side just like oh, me too. trying to see a bear. So they start on the trail on the morning of August 25th, and as they're hiking, uh, they're talking about Jenna leaving for college. Johan's talking about maybe qualifying for the Boston Marathon again, which he'd already done twice. And Johan's really into photography, so he's stopping to take photos. And as he's stopping, Jenna's getting ahead of him, and he's having to kind of like run to catch up with her. So as they're five miles into the hike, Jenna's kind of has some nervous energy because she'd seen this bear yesterday, and she wanted to avoid bears. And that's starting to fade. They're on one of the most beautiful hikes in the country, the Grinnell Glacier Trail is spectacular. You're hiking along this cliffside. You're looking down at Grinnell Lake, which is this bright blue color. And then you're hiking to Upper Grinnell, which has an actual glacier inside of it. It's probably my favorite trail in the park. So they had just gotten to this part of the trail where the trail gets really steep and rocky. And there's a drop off on the left-hand side and then a really sheer cliff on the right. So Jeff, this is pretty much where me and you took some photos where we were down on those rocks. And we were with mom and she was like getting nervous that we were too close to the cliff. Do you remember okay. that at all? Mm, we took a lot of pictures. Yeah, it was like ones where we were out and you can see Grinnell Lake down below us and we were on a pretty sheer rock cliff. I think I know what you're talking So about. that's where they were. So it's like a pretty far drop off off the trail and then it's like just a cliff on their right. So they're on this part and Jenna's leading and she gets around a blind corner and Johan looks up to see Jenna and she's stepping back really slowly and she has this look of like intense fear on her face. So he knew that she was in danger, but he didn't really know why or what she had seen. So he rushed up and actually like pushed her out of the way and pushed himself in front of her to get in between her and whatever was on the trail that he couldn't see. Now, what he didn't know was that she had just surprised a female grizzly with two cubs. Oh, no. The bear was only eight feet away from her when she had seen it. So he like pushed himself right in front of this bear. As he pushed in front of her, she turned in fear, fell down, passed out, just blacked out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. So Johan had like half a second to realize that he was face to face with the charging grizzly, and then the bear makes contact. So he said that that half a second felt like a lifetime because he just like could see its claws and its teeth coming at him, and then it just hit him. So he just like saw Jenna as a little girl. Saw her swinging yeah, saw her on a swing as yeah. like a four-year-old. Saw her eighth birthday party. And saw then the bear got her. Yep, saw and then passed, passed out, out. In the dirt <laughs> exactly. behind him. So the bear bites down into his thigh. And like that's when kind of he realized that he was being attacked by a grizzly. And in his own words, that that wasn't good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Which it isn't. Yeah. Then the bear bites into his thigh again. It jumps at Johan. It rakes his face with its claws. And while this is happening, Jenna starts to come too. And in days, she looks out and she sees her dad being mauled by this bear. And Johan gets up. He backs to the edge of the cliff, which is on the left side of the trail. And he looks down and he sees some bushes about 25 feet down. So in a desperate attempt to get away from the bear, he launches himself off of this cliff and lands in these bushes like 25 feet below. Whoa. Yeah. So it gets, it gets crazier even. Jenna 
looks around and she sees that the bear spray had fallen out of the side pouch of Johan's bag. Mm-hmm. And she grabs it, but the can I think had been a little damaged and she couldn't, she like couldn't figure out how to get the safety off, oh, no. which is something we're going to talk about at the end of this episode. But she was having such a hard time with it that she just abandoned it. Um, and meanwhile, Johan's down there yelling at her to like jump off this cliff as well. So Jenna looks up, she sees the bear coming at her, she abandons this bear spray, and she jumps off a ledge too. And she actually blacks out again while she's falling. What? Yeah. How can, that doesn't seem possible. In a yeah, 20 that's what she said. Like, feet? she midair blacks out, and then wakes up again right as she hits, and like, hits her tailbone on, on a rock ledge. Just yeah. like, she didn't hit the bushes, she landed on a rock? She landed on a rock ledge, like oh, right yeah. on her tailbone. So Johan sees Jenna fall. And he looks up to see the bear running down the rocks toward him. And he's like astounded at how agile this bear is and how fast it's getting to him. Because it's like really rocky and they, and the bear's just navigating him like it's nothing. So the bear gets down to him. Within a couple seconds, it's mauling him again. So he rolls onto his stomach, puts his arm over his neck in the fetal position, uh, which is actually what you're supposed to do if a bear is actually attacking you. Okay. Roll over onto your stomach. If you don't have bear spray or anything like that, Get in the fetal position, protect your neck. So he did the right thing there. So the bear starts pulling on Johan's backpack and it's like lifting him up and down off the ground. And it's a really good idea then to keep your backpack on if you're in that situation. That was another thing I wanted to mention because then the bear's tearing into that before it gets to you. Picking and maybe him. it'll find like a snack in there. It honestly that might. Will yeah. like postpone it even longer. Yeah, that's a good thing to. Also, if you're being chased by a bear, sometimes it's a good idea to drop a backpack or something. Because then the bear will like see it and investigate that and stop for a minute. Mm. You shouldn't run from bears, but if for whatever reason, like I just saw but this then video. you lose your protection. You do. If it mauls you. But I just saw this video in Romania of this skier who was going down like a ski lift and a bear was chasing him. We had a listener question about that. Yeah, yeah. and he dropped his backpack and the bear stopped at the backpack and he got away because of it. Oh, that's okay. cool. So it's kind of like, it's not a situation you want to find yourself in, but it can work. Well, just wear two backpacks. Then you drop one and you still have one. (laughs) Anyways, while this bear is ripping into his backpack and lifting him off the ground with it, he realizes that Jenna has no backpack, no protection whatsoever. So he really wanted to keep the bear's focus on him. So he actually grabs the bear while it's mauling him and like holds onto it and manages to roll away from the trail with the bear. So he's kind of like wrestling it at this point. Yeah. That's awesome. I thought these bears were like so big you wouldn't It's it's probably I mean they're about 300 pounds average a female okay. grizzly. Yeah, okay. So it could be anywhere, you know, in that range or it could be bigger or smaller. It was probably more just like he was rolling away and he managed to keep the bear with him as he was rolling away. Sure. Not like he was physically overpowering. Like it. Yeah, okay. So Jenna, she's on this ledge, she finds a small bush and she crawls into it and goes in the fetal position to hide from the bear. But at this point she just thinks she's going to die. So Johan and the bear are like rolling away from the trail and the two plunge off a cliff. Another, this one's a 30 foot cliff. But as he was falling, he remembers like looking into the bear's eyes and like realizing how out of control this situation is and how this bear can just kill him if he wants to. Yeah. But he had managed to get the bear further from Jenna, which was kind of his main goal at this point. So when he landed, he tried to grab a rock to hit the bear, but... In Glacier, if you've ever been to Glacier, it's mostly shale, and it can be really crumbly. And he grabbed, like, a piece of pretty crumbly shale, and, like, when he hit it, it just kind of evaporated or shattered, yeah. So when he does that, the bear proceeded to rip into his head 
and his arm with its teeth and claws, and Johan then begins to pass out. But the sensation of his neck breaking and teeth entering the back of his skull jolt him back into reality. So he, he described actually feeling these teeth like dragging across his skull and like puncturing the back of his head. So Jenna then looks down over the ledge and she sees there's a hundred, a hundred foot drop off of her ledge. So she's on like a really big one. And for a second, she considers whether or not she just wants to jump and kill herself uh, or get mauled by this bear. I'd Johan. be pissed if I was Johan and she and jumped. Like, yeah. It's like, I just took it down this cliff to get it away from totally. you. I think I wouldn't, I'd be sad more than pissed if they come. Oh, no, I'd be mad. That's real sad that my daughter just died. <laughs> anyway, But you so, can feel however you want to feel about things, Jeff. <laughs> At this point, Johan's playing dead. Uh, he felt like the bear was either going to kill him or leave him disabled. So he felt like he wasn't going to be able to help Jenna if the bear you know, was done with him and went after her. So once again, like he realizes that it's not a good strategy to just play dead. He wants to like keep its focus on him. So he rips himself away from the bear and he throws himself off the closest um, ledge again. So he falls another 25 feet. (laughs) Okay. So at this point he's fallen like 80 feet and this time he lands on some big rocks below. And uh, he said that at this point there's like blood and stuff all over his face. So he couldn't see out of his right eye but he could see out of his left eye and he realized that if he does this again, his strategy of just throwing himself off cliffs, the next one would be a fatal fall because it's more than 100 feet. He's going to have a really hard time in his Boston Marathon. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. So the bear's looking down at Johan and he starts to get really angry and he came up with this plan that he, like self-described plan, that if the bear came down to him, he would grab it and throw it off this cliff. Good point. <laughs> no, he should have done a great that in the plan. First place. Pretty unrealistic too, though. I think maybe again, if he kind of got the bear tangled up with him and he rolled off, there's a chance the bear goes with him. But unfortunately, the bear disappears, and then moments later, he hears the thing that he's been dreading, which is Jenna screaming. So Jenna heard the heavy breathing of the bear as it's coming towards her. She turns around, and the bear's right in her face, sniffing her, and it puts one paw on either side of her head. And then Jenna comes out of this fetal position and she's on her back and she puts her hands on either side of the bear's head and like pushes away. And she said it was like if you were trying to push a dog away or something. Unsurprisingly, this doesn't work. And the bear takes Jenna's head in its jaws and thrashes her from side to side. So she says she can feel its lower jaw under her lower jaw and its upper jaw on the back of her head. So her entire noggin's in the mouth. Yeah, so her entire head is in there. And she doesn't feel any pain at all, but she feels an intense pressure. And as we mentioned before, they could literally bust a bowling ball with that pressure. So if this bear really just decided to want to kill her, it probably could. Now would be a good time for her to black out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's been good at blacking out so far. She should do it now. So Johan's hearing these deep guttural screams of his daughter, at this point completely unable to help her for the worst part of this attack. And, you know, so far he's been able to keep the bear away from her, but now he's like mauled, he's broken, he's down the cliff a little ways, he's like completely powerless to help. So then the bear releases Jenna, and she remembers her mind like going completely blank. She doesn't black out, but she just is thinking of nothing. And the bear takes her right shoulder in its mouth, and it thrashes her over to the left, and then she decides to play dead. She's not screaming, she's not doing anything, she's just completely motionless. And the bear looks at her, looks towards its cubs, and runs off. So that's the end of the bear portion of this story. 
Do you guys have any questions up till this point? Makes me kind of want to hike Grinnell. I know, me too. I know. Every time <laughs> I've hiked Grinnell, I've seen a grizzly. I've never really? once hiked that trail without seeing a grizzly. It's very good grizzly country. So a little bit now about what's going on with Jenna and Johan. The bears left. Jenna's lying on the ledge. She feels like she's dying. And she remembers thinking she's bummed that she's not going to live past 18 because she kind of has her whole life ahead of her. Mm. But then she snaps back to reality when she hears her dad, Johan, yelling from below. And the two are both instantly relieved to hear each other's voices and knowing that they'd both survived the attack. So Johan's down below, and he feels something stringy, like hanging on his face. No. And only his uh, left eye is working, and he's worried that his right eye is like, disconnected and hanging out oh, no. um, but then he like manages to reach up there and force open his eyelid and he's really relieved because he can see he sees the lake his eyes working but he still feels these stringy things and he reaches up to the top of his head and he's just touching bare bone oh and my his gosh. scalp had been completely shredded and the stringy part was all the strings of his scalp hanging in front of his face and hitting oh, his face no. yeah he also then reaches down to see a huge open hole in his arm and he's fascinated because as he moves his hand he can see all the tendons and stuff in his arm working Uh, that's cool so he gets this like little window into his body which gives me the willies whenever that happens in one of these stories like i think of the hippo one where they had that big gaping hole and they could see the lung inflating. Yeah. I don't want to see the parts of my body working, (laughs) not the inside parts. It's like such a surreal feeling, I bet, to like look inside your own body. Yeah, and to like, even you seeing your bone when you cut your finger. Well, the one I was thinking was I was playing basketball and I tore my patellar tendon Mm -hmm. and my kneecap went halfway up my thigh. Oh, that one. And like... I just had like a kneecap in the middle of my thigh yes. and it's like a surreal, like almost like outer body experience where yeah. I was like looking at my leg yeah, just like completely, um, yeah. but we, it's not on this guy's level. Yeah. Just so you know, we call those out of body experience, not outer body. Outer, outer. <laughs> yeah. I mean it <laughs> either way. Okay. John starts, or sorry, not John. Johan stopped <laughs> assessing his injuries. He decides to put his jacket over his flayed scalp and try and cl- like crawl up this ledge to Jenna. But within a few minutes of trying that, he realizes like it's not happening. He was mostly worried about like what he would look like to other people. Like if someone else mm-hmm. showed up or like his daughter. Yeah. So he didn't <laughs> want to like scare them. So he wanted to like, cover up his skull. That's really considerate. It was. <laughs> These two are very considerate. Like we're going to get to more of that. So Jenna's also assessing her wounds. She feels a gash at the base of her neck. She sticks her finger into it and it goes up to the first joint of her finger. So it's a pretty deep gash. And then she also has a large cut on her face and her head and her mouth. Um, Her mouth had actually been ripped open on one side. And she said it was flappy were her words. But what I kind of imagine is like the Joker in the Dark Knight. Yeah. Like only like half of that though. It was kind of like ripped open, cut into like a big smile. The Glasgow smile. Yeah. She's going to have like a a cool villain origin story. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the two stayed where they were and they started yelling for help. I know how I got these scars. (laughs) Um, Jenna starts noticing that her dad's calling for help less and less and that he's maybe starting to lose consciousness. Um, Now, the thing that they did have going for them is that they're on a really well-used trail in Glacier. So they're screaming for about 30 minutes when finally some help arrives. So it's this guy and his wife, Jim Knapp and Kathy McDonald. They're on their honeymoon and they're hoping to have this kind of relaxed day hiking in Glacier. But about halfway up their hike, they hear these screams and they run to investigate. 
Um, they round the corner. They couldn't see any signs of anyone or anything that had happened. So they actually it took a while to find out where these people were. And they finally find Jenna. And then she yells that they'd been attacked by a bear and that her dad's below her. So Kathy runs to go find a ranger and Jim stays to help. And he actually climbs down to Jenna, who immediately like apologizes, apologizes to him for like how she looks and for ruining <laughs> his day. So Jim said that her lip was like hanging off. Her ankle was pointing in a strange direction. And he calmly asked her what had happened, where her dad might be. And she said that she's like she hasn't heard from her dad in a little bit. So um, Johan's half conscious. He wakes up to see Jim coming down to help him. Um, and pretty much Jim's like, laying there trying to help him. Johan's in a puddle of his own blood. He's looking really messed up. And as he's helping him, more people are gathering on the trail. And he starts yelling for people to throw down blankets and food and coats or whatever they can. And everyone's doing it. So it's kind of this weird little community thing that's happening. All these people are like waiting around to help him. And as this is all happening, Jenna feels like she's laying on a broken stick. And she asks these rescuers to help her get rid of the stick. And at this point, there's two girls down there helping him too. Uh And the girl reaches under. This is good. Yeah, the girl reaches under and there's no stick. And it's that she had actually broken her back and her vertebrae were loose. And she was feeling the vertebrae shifting around. So uh, Johan's really cold. And one of these women hikers helps down or goes down to help him. And she covers him in clothing and like cuddles him and just like holds him for a while, which was just such a sweet, nice thing. And he just talks about how nice it was and how like comforted it made him feel. So finally, Kathy finds a ranger, uh, this guy, Gary Moses, and they go back and they try and rappel down into them with a basket. It's not working because they can't really get a good anchor on these rocks. So finally, they call in a helicopter and the helicopter lowers a guy with uh, like one of those boards and the guy loads them onto the boards and one by one they get them out. And when Jenna and Johan first saw each other, when they finally get out, they both start crying. Jenna tells Johan that he saved her life, which it's possible that he did. Um, It's also very possible that he triggered the attack by like rushing out in front of Jenna. So Johan has 26 major wounds throughout his body. He's missing about 75% of his scalp. He has a C2 vertebrae compound fracture. The muscle below his eye socket had been completely ripped out, and that took like years to recover. I guess that was one of his longest recovery things. But he was running a marathon in less than six months since the attack. That's crazy. Which is pretty amazing. Jenna broke her tailbone and a vertebrae, as we mentioned. She had lacerations all over her face. Uh, A really cool thing, though. I really like these two a lot. The doctors asked Jenna if they wanted to do like restorative stuff on the scar that she had by her mouth. And she said she wanted to keep it Good because, call, Jenna. yeah, That's awesome. because she thinks scars show your life experience and like are kind of interesting, which is pretty badass. Yeah, awesome. I'm a big fan of scars. Yeah, so. and like I saw her in the interview, and it's not it's not that noticeable of a scar, but you can definitely see it. But it would just be like. A pretty cool thing if people were like, hey, well, what's that scar from? I mean, it's that's like, an all-time great That's where a bear story, ripped yeah. my face yeah. like My, my dad face and open. I jumped off like 40 cliffs and his bear was... The only yeah. thing that would suck is it would never be a quick story. You can't just be like, oh, a bear scratched me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you'd if have you to wanted, tell the whole yeah, story. If you wanted to get out of it, you could be like, a hiking incident. I, like, a hiking problem. Yeah. Or I got into Montana. So they actually end up going back to the trail later in their lives. They hike it to finish it. They have a wonderful time hiking this trail. 
Johan actually now goes back every year and hikes with the pilot from the helicopter and some of the other rescuers. Oh, cool. There's like good people. Yeah. Johan wrote a book called A Grizzly Tale, A Father and Daughter Survival Story, which someone in Utah got that book for free. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. I think this is a really interesting story because it's a story of two different parents defending their offspring. You've got this female Mm. grizzly that's protecting her cubs, and then you've got this dad who's protecting his daughter. And one of them definitely did a better one job. Did a better than job. The other. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit just about this particular attack. So um, recently, I read a story, or not a story, I read a publication about bear attacks around the world, specifically brown bears, which is just another grizzly bears, another name for brown bear. Um, and they talked about the most prevalent scenarios that lead to brown bear attacks, and the most prevalent one is a female with cubs. About 47% of the attacks that they looked at started because someone surprised a female with cubs. Next is just any kind of sudden encounter. Uh, That's about 20%. And there's some overlap between these categories. Dog presence. So if your dog triggers the attack, that accounted for 17% of the attacks they looked at. Do dogs make it more or less likely you get attacked? More. With grizzlies. As a listener question. Yeah. With grizzlies, uh, they can increase the chances of you getting attacked. The next was a bear attacking after being shot or trapped. That was about 10%. And then finally, predatory attacks, which were about 5%. So predatory attacks are actually the least out of all these different factors, but they do happen. Um, So this was them surprising a female with cubs. Now, the way that they could have avoided this uh, the main thing they could have done is just by sticking together because they talked about how Johan kept kind of getting behind Jenna and she rounded this blind corner on her own. And if they had stuck together and they're just going to naturally be making more noise and there's a much higher chance the bear's going to hear them coming and decide to take off. Um, but because she went around this corner on her own and she was being somewhat quiet, she saw the bear and then Johan rushes up into there and that probably triggered the attack even more so. To me, the biggest mistake seemed like Johan knew something was up, so he should have just taken his bear spray out right when he saw her backing up Yeah, and had that ready and then gone in front of her. Right. I was going to say he should have had his camera ready because something cool was <laughs> oh, yeah. about to happen. Uh, he could have got a lot better picture, Yeah, especially with Grinnell Lake in the background. I know, that would have been a great photo. Beautiful. Uh, so Jeff's right. If you... You know, if you're on a trail like that, Grinnell, or anywhere where you have a high chance of seeing a grizzly, uh, you want to have your bear spray really accessible. So he had it in like a side pocket of his backpack, which isn't where you want it. You want it like on the holster on your side. And you also, the other thing I wanted to bring up that I briefly mentioned, you want to get real familiar with taking that safety off because like in this situation, they had like seconds to respond and had Jenna especially been able to grab that can and get that safety off in time, she could have stopped this attack, and there would have had a much less intense of an attack. So really, Jeff Jeff makes a great point. Having your bear spray ready to go is the main thing. You don't want to rush up and push in front of someone else if you don't have a way to stop the attack either. Like, it's really noble and admirable of him that he just sacrifices himself, but he also probably antagonized that bear a little bit more than he needed to. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about with this attack. If you're hiking in a place with lots of grizzlies, have your bear spray, have it ready to go, know how to use it, make plenty of noise when you're hiking on the trail, hike in groups. If you do all those things, your chances of having a bad experience with the bear are really low. 
Um, and the nice thing about these kind of places, you can have a really great experience with the bear. Like all the bears I've seen on the Grinnell trail, it's been wonderful. Like seen them from a distance. One was a female with cubs that was fairly close, but she knew we were there. We knew she was there. We got to enjoy it and just watch her and it was really great. So that's the kind of experience you want. Questions about the story? How many times did you say you have practiced with bear spray safety? Uh, thousands. Thousands, just dry firing in your apartment? Sometimes I'll literally sit in my apartment and just slide it on and off. Oh. I Well, I had a training canister too that would spray like this spray of like an alcohol spray almost, uh, like rubbing alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that one I just played with all the time. Yeah. So I've gotten pretty good at it. I can, I can do it without thinking. Yeah. Do you think you're the fastest in the West? The fastest draw in the West. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, probably not. But I think I'm probably up there. I'd like to yeah. be in the competition. Yeah. How close would you want to get to a grizzly bear in Glacier? In Glacier? Like how close would I personally try and get? Would you be excited <laughs> rounding the corner like she did? I would be th- like thrilled. I was thinking like the people that came up to like help him. Yeah. You would be like... Where'd the bear go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you would just leave him. <laughs> I I don't ever want to get attacked by a grizzly, and I don't ever want to like stress out a grizzly either. But I like last not in 2019 I was there and we saw a grizzly on that trail. And some people said that they were like walking down the trail and the bear walked out in front of them ten feet away and just crossed right in front of them in the trail. Oh wow. And they were so shaken and like really scared. And I was just so jealous. Yeah. So for me, I love that feeling of like knowing they're around, but I don't ever want to get attacked. Never? I don't. Whoa, that's that's a strong stance. If I get attacked by a bear, I feel like I'm not a great represent representative oh, okay. for like bear safety gotcha. and everything. I'm probably most usually when people get attacked by a bear, they're doing something wrong. Yeah. It makes sense that the bear went for the guy's thighs first when being a marathon runner. Probably had some real meat on those legs, yeah. (laughs) Would a bear be able to beat a human in a marathon, like a long-distance run? No. No? No. They're just not built for distance? No. There's only like a couple animals that could. Yeah. I mean, they beat us in like a 400 or anything below that, but anything over that, I think we're we're probably going to win. At a certain distance, I don't know what it is, uh, humans are the fastest animal on Earth. Because we can just run and run and but run. But like really? at a really long distance, we're like the fastest. What about those birds that migrate like four million miles? Well, you're talking about running, not flying. No, that's a good point. <laughs> or or like bird, a you blue know, whale. Birds can run too. I've seen. That's you know, true, but eagles. not for not for miles and miles and miles. Uh, has that been measured? Uh, no, but I'm just gonna tell you. I should okay. land yeah. <laughs> I think we're all at fault here. I don't think so. I think mostly just you. <laughs> okay. Um, where were we? <laughs> Bears oh, yeah. running marathon. The last thing I wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> is that this was not a predatory attack. A lot of times when these things hit the news, it's like, you know, because it was biting them, they think it was like trying to eat them. Yeah. It wasn't. It was just trying to neutralize them because it had cubs. And once it had done that, it, it left. Um, so that's what this was, was a mom defending her cubs. And one more thing, we say this in a lot of our episodes, don't let this story scare you from visiting these kind of places or like feel like we have too many bears or something like that because that's not the case. You just need to be smart and prepared and just 
you know, take that risk. That's part of enjoying the wilderness. Like that's the fun part is that you have to deal with some stuff that you don't have to deal with in your living room. I mean, Jeff sprained his knee while laying in bed. There's an inherent (laughs) risk to living. Yeah. And you might as well go out and enjoy it. Right. Well, Johan hikes it every year right right now. Yeah. It didn't didn't ruin his life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't let fear of these animals ruin your desire to go out and enjoy the wilderness. And if you are that afraid of them, if you're absolutely terrified of bears, then maybe, you know, it, like hiking and glacier just isn't your thing. Right. Um, okay, so we're going to get into our categories. Our first category, so what's your favorite grizzly bear from any kind of media or in real life or whatever? Jeff, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go with the grizzly bear in Legends of the Fall. Okay. Uh, just like a real, real cool bear wants to help Brad Pitt prove his manhood so <laughs> right. i like that bear. so we actually have the same answer because that's bart the bear who is like a really famous movie bear he was in legend of the fall he was in the edge a bunch of other movies from the 90s and that's probably my favorite grizzly ever yeah i'm gonna go with bart so we kind of have the same answer mike i'm gonna go with the bear that killed timothy Timothy oh, right. Yeah, that was I, a runner-up. So <laughs> this maybe says a lot about who I am as a person, but I like when humans get put in their place. Yeah, we're gonna. Well, at some point, we're gonna talk about Timothy Treadwell. I'd like to hear um, more because I don't know the full story, and I might be speaking out of school here. But I, don't, I feel like that bear shoulders zero percent of yeah, the blame. For I don't what think happened. you are. Like I think Timothy was asking for it. Yeah, but oh, victim still, blaming are still victim sucks blaming to life? get eaten by a bear, and he ended yeah. up killing that bear because. They had to kill it because yeah. it ate him. Yeah, and that's so, sad. Okay, so our next category is what would Mike and Jeff do if they were attacked by a grizzly bear? So uh, do you guys have answers for this? Are you yeah, ready so to I'm go? i put myself in Johan's position. Okay. So I've put myself in between my daughter and the bear. Right? Okay. The bear's coming at me. Yeah. I run towards the cliff like he did, mm-hmm. and I fake jumping off. So then the oh. bear comes after me yeah. and goes off the cliff. Okay. That would work. And then I don't think it's done yet, though, because it's it can get up and down this cliff. Uh-huh. So I grab one of its cubs, and I just hold the cub out towards it. If you go after my daughter, I got the cub right here. I'm holding it over the cliff. Uh-huh. And then I slowly set it down on the ground and take my daughter and walk back. It's like a show of good faith. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. No, that's that's bulletproof. Mike. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. A quick note on baby cubs. I just want to ask real quick. Yeah. It occurred to me. Would bear spray be actually potentially like really bad for small bears? The, no, there's not any. It's the okay. same. Yeah. I mean, it's oh. going to suck, but they'll be over in an hour or two. Cool. How about baby humans? Yeah, it would suck for them. It might put you in the hospital. But it would work. Probably, yeah, it would work. I mean, it would. <laughs> you would keep them away. It It'll stop them. It would kill a baby human. It'll stop them, though, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's your what's your tactic? So I've already got my tactic of having two backpacks on, but I'm going to go a step further because you mentioned a couple of times how these bears like eating bowling balls. So my second backpack's going to have just like five bowling balls in it. Okay. And while it's busy munching the bowling balls, I'm gone. All right. That's good. Okay. So uh, let's. I'm just going to start with yours, Mike, because it's fresh. It's not so much that they like eating bowling balls. It's more that they could crush a bowling ball if they wanted to. I do think the two backpack idea is interesting. Um, you can drop one and keep one on or whatever. 
Um, you can keep, you can have as many backpacks as you want. I yeah, should have said like but, 10. But backpacks. because, yeah, because of the bowling ball problem, I don't think yours is going to work. You're still going to get mauled probably. But, you know, maybe mostly backpacks. Yeah. Jeff, uh, yours is really interesting. I think if you were the most agile, athletic person in the world that's ever existed, maybe you have a chance of like tricking a grizzly into sliding off this cliff. I mean, Johan was. <laughs> Running Boston Marathon. He's pretty athletic. Pretty hard to qualify. But I just always assume that like any wild animal is going to be much better and more athletic than you. So for you to like, you know, break its ankle and juke it and like have it, you know, slip off this cliff is pretty, that's already a stretch. And then something I wanted to ask you is you've picked up a baby black bear before. Yeah. Like a pretty fresh one. It was like early July. Mm -hmm. Was it easy to handle? For me, it was. Once but, I handed it to you, it freaked out. Yeah, and it like I couldn't restrain it. it and mad. this this is a grizzly. It's probably twice the size. It's in August, so it's quite a bit bigger. I don't think you're picking up these cubs. You think the cubs? I, are they're too away. big, and it's gonna rip into you. And I just don't think you're getting a cub. Do you think um, the bear would attack me while I'm holding its cub in yeah, front of it? Yeah, it's gonna be pissed when you're holding its cub. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you were gonna chuck the cub. Nah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna threaten to. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Don't do any of those ideas. They're really bad ideas. What you are supposed to do, so we're going to go from Johan and Jenna's attack. Like, say you suddenly surprise a bear. If you have bear spray, 100% of your focus should be on getting that bear spray out, getting it ready. Even if the bear is starting to maul you, you should be thinking about your bear spray and trying to get it out because that will stop that attack. So where they were kind of like abandoned the bear spray real early in that whole thing, that was a pretty big mistake by them. I don't blame them because she was having such a hard time with it and she's worried about her dad. But that should be the main thing you're thinking about. If you are you know, face-to-face with a bear like that and it has cubs, you're going to want to slowly back away, get your bear spray out, group up. If it does actually attack you and it's like on top of you, only then do you go into the fetal position, try your best to play dead, be quiet, do whatever you can to kind of let that bear know that you're no longer a threat. So why don't you just apply the bear spray before going out on the hike? It's not bear repellent. Uh, it's, it's not bear, like bug no, spray? No. So that's right. a really important distinction. <laughs> and you joke about that, but people every year <laughs> Do they? spray their kids with bear spray. <laughs> and people end up in the hospital. So like, it's funny that you joke about that, but please, no one out there do that because you will probably have to go to the hospital and it doesn't, <laughs> it's not bear repellent. It, what it does is it like shoots this big cloud out and the cloud, it's like mace. It overwhelms its eyes, its nose, its throat, everything. It's just terrible for a bear. So they take off. They hate bear spray. It works really, really well. So only once you're being attacked and it's mauling you, only then do you want to like do fetal position and play dead. Up until that point, you're just trying to slowly back away and use your bear spray and grouping up. Okay, great. Uh, I thought we would bring back our anaconda scale for this story. Yeah, I think it's it a good fits one. pretty well. Um, I think, though, let's just do Johan because I think it gets a little confusing if we do both of them. Sure. Um, and Johan's kind of the one that got, well, I guess we could say that it's like, I would say they're Ice Cube and J-Lo. Okay. No, I'm, giving, I'm giving Johan an Ice Cube because he really did everything he could to stop this attack. And he was like really a hero. So I'm, uh, I'm giving him a nice I'm cube. giving him an Owen. 
Okay, let's hear because why. Because he's the one that really wanted to go early in the morning. So he was kind of putting himself where the bears were. Okay. I'll go, I'll compromise. I'll do the John Voight because it sounds like... Oh, is that a compromise? Well, John Voight falls in the middle, right? Uh, no. John Voight... Ice Cube's a smart, Owen Wilson dumb. Okay. John Voight's like the pragmatic I feel like it's a guy. triangle, not okay. like a linear. So I'll go yeah. with the the other triangle okay. point. Um because it sounds like it was maybe not the best decision to jump up and maybe potentially frighten this bear with cubs when if they had maybe been a little more strategic about it. Yeah. Uh, the, they may have avoided the whole thing altogether. But Yeah, to his defense, he didn't know that it sure. was a bear with cubs. Yeah. He just knew she was in trouble. So I think he was being pretty heroic. Ice Cube in Anaconda doesn't know much about anacondas, but a few times he's very heroic. Like, he jumps in the water to save J-Lo. True. Okay. So I think it's an Ice Cube. Okay. It's an Ice Cube. Okay. All right. So how about some listener questions? Would you say jumping off of cliffs is an Owen Wilson or an Ice Cube move? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one. I've got Ice Cube. Yeah. Okay, this is from Ren.Birds. What animal do you guys each want to see that you haven't yet? Uh, I really I'm want assuming to... in the wild. Yeah, I really want to see a jaguar. That's like pretty like top of my list right now. That's I went to Brazil choice. just to see one and didn't, so that's probably top of my list. I'll go for as many times as I've been scuba diving. I've actually never seen an octopus in a oh, while. You love octopus. I, I, Octopi. Octopodes. Octopodes. <laughs> it's one, another variation of the word you could use. Yeah. But yeah, that's my answer. Okay. I like I like them octopuses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you three, but I'll go more. I wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> Panda would be number one. Panda's oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, jaguar would be two. And then a blue whale because they're just the biggest that animal would be cool. alive. Those are all probably my top ten. My other my other one, my big one, panda is big up there for me too. Jaguar, panda, and snow leopard are probably my mm. top three right now. I just feel like a snow leopard you'd be looking through like a gigantic telescope. Maybe and like sometimes see people it. see him up close though. Okay. Alright, so Ben Butler zero zero five. Or sorry, he asked the same question. Bucket list of animals to see. Yep. Well, Good we question, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> okay, from Clyde Trues. That might be butchered, but we'll see. Uh, animal each of you is most afraid of? Honestly, it's probably chimpanzees for me. <laughs> it keeps coming back. Yeah. Mine would be a rattlesnake. They just freak me out a little still. I, I'm afraid of... It's weird that you brought up blue whale because that came to mind, but just anything so big that it could accidentally swallow me and like not even realize what's going on. Mm. Those are the ones that freak me out. Okay. So like giant aquatic animals. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Reticulated pythons. It would know what's going on. I think on it would <laughs> realize what it's doing. Uh, Spencer Walter 11. Why are dogs so quick to fight some of these animals off? Don't they know that they're going to get hurt? They're just really confident and they're like protective. Dogs, dogs see us as part of their social group. They want to protect us. And yeah, I mean, I just don't think they understand that. They're like 10 that, times smaller. Yeah. And a lot of times it works. Like a lot of times that confidence is enough to scare off an animal. Sometimes it's enough to enrage an animal though and make your attack a lot worse than it would have been. Okay. So from pick Kels 28, are polar bears slash grizzly hybrids the future of polar bears? So this is a question I get a lot. Um, as grizzlies move further north and polar bears are like having to stay on shore longer, 
they are starting to hybridize a little bit and they make what's called a growler bear but it's not happening that much and that's not like the future of polar bears that's the future of growler bears that's a new animal that's a hybrid so it's not that's not going to be something that polar bears do to survive it's just happening a little bit and it's not creating anything that do you think Growler Bears is a cool name, or do you think it, we could do better? I think it's better than the alternative, which is Pizzly Bears. I kind of like Pizzly. I like Growler better. <laughs> All right, well, Growler's kind of one out. Like, but, I don't know. Yeah. I'm on the fence. Okay, from Furlio Franz. Do people who live in bear country just carry bear spray everywhere? Hard to imagine for for me. Uh, parentheses German. Okay. So you guys live in bear spray or bear. We do so, not. Bear spray. <laughs> you guys live in bear country. Do you carry bear spray everywhere you go? No. Yeah. Open, open carry. <laughs> so <laughs> I that's... assume you do because you're one of the quickest in the West. <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's, it is a good question though. Just I think if I'm in really concentrated grizzly country. Exactly. And some people are going to want to carry it in black bear country too. If you don't, if you're worried about bears, like you definitely should because it stops them. It's great. Um, and black bears can attack you. So it's not that like you carry it everywhere. It's not that we're like constantly under threat of attack. But if you're somewhere like Grinnell Glacier or Iceberg Lake or somewhere where there's a good chance of seeing a bear, that's when you want to carry it. It seems like there's no downside to carrying bear spray. There's not. I don't know. What if someone tries to like beat me up? Yeah, it would work. Yeah. yeah. Our next category is where can you find them? I just wanted to do where you can find them in Glacier because we've talked about where you can find brown bears. So in Glacier, we talked about this a little bit already. Many glaciers are a really good spot to see them. There's some great trails in there where you can see them. If you drive around in the evenings, especially, you can see them off the roadways. Uh, St. Mary's area in Glacier is also a really good place to see them. Or up in like Logan Pass area, sometimes you'll see them up there too. Those are some of the places that I go when I'm trying to see grizzlies in Glacier. Okay. Uh, how are we messing things up for them? We talked about this in our original Grizzly episode, but the main thing is just habitat loss. And I wanted to bring that up because one of our other listener questions was like, they want us to explain a little bit more like when we just say habitat loss, what that means. And with Grizzlies, a lot of it's like logging or just people building roads and highways through their habitat. It's That's more habitat fragmentation. Or um, in a lot of ways, it'll be, it, a lot of times it's going to be like agriculture, like people... Either there's animal agriculture or they're growing crops that gets rid of habitat or sometimes it'll be like palm oil plantations in other parts of the world and stuff. So there's a lot of different ways we can lose habitat. Climate change is another way. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of different factors that go into so it. So do you boycott log rides at theme parks? I don't. I'm not anti-logging. I'm just anti-kind um, of irresponsible Actually, logging. that's your favorite ride at disney i do i love splash mountain you don't feel like a hypocrite at all no i'm not anti-logging i'm just anti-irresponsible logging Mm. so yeah um or the lumberjack games when they do the log roll they run on the logs i'm not anti-logging you don't you like that (laughs) yeah don't you like that no i okay i want to save the bears that's my first and foremost concern you know logging used to be a big issue and anymore a lot of these logging companies are doing a better job of kind of forest management and stuff um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So our final one, we've done this before, but I think we should get back to it. Do we like this animal? Uh, one of my all-time favorite animals, if not my all-time favorite animal. So I love them. Yeah. I forget where I had it ranked. <laughs> That's pretty high. Oh, man. I want to say it's like number three. 
Okay. For me. But Mike? Yeah. That hasn't changed? It might have. I don't remember. <laughs> I think I had it number one the first time. Oh, so you're saying it's three right now. One yeah, one of our weird. one of our questions was like someone uh, I think it was EMV uh-huh. wanted us to make a list of our definite like our definitive list of our top hundred animals. We should do that. Which I think is a good idea. That'd be fun. I like grizzly bears. <laughs> I'll keep it short for Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like them. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for this grizzly story. Like we mentioned, you're going to hear more grizzly stories. We're just going to kind of work them, work them in here and there. Um, next week, though, we'll be back with a mini episode. Uh, and then after that, another new animal. So you guys got that to look forward to. Great. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you. You're welcome. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.